Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by uh, On3 uh, National Football Recruiting Analyst, InsideTexas.com Recruiting Analyst, Jerry Hamilton. Jerry, welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be back, Bobby. A uh, lot of news happening over the weekend for the Longhorns. This is going to be a, a, one of those that's the, that's the full meal deal. We're going to try to go through all of the guys that came in and make sure we get your take on where the Longhorns sit right now with some of them. And, and some of them may just be in a wait-and-see scenario, really, uh, as, uh, as their recruitments just start get kick-started here. Uh, but the Longhorns uh, start off the weekend with a commitment from Samaj Burrell, the linebacker, out of North Crowley. He comes in for the second consecutive weekend, commits to the Horns on Saturday. Yeah, I think this is a huge commitment for Texas. I mean, look, how many times have we talked about linebacker and how big of a need that is in the University of Texas program? And it just doesn't get much better than uh, the number three or four linebacker in the country, according to on, on three and the on 300. Uh, and he's one of the very best Mike backers in the country. And uh, if you wondered how athletic he was, just go to his Twitter feed and watch him do the back flip, uh, you know, as part of his commitment video, right? He's six foot, 220 pounds. Um, but look, he is what, what I think makes Burrell and I hesitate to say can't miss Bobby, but you do, I, as long as he stays healthy, he's a can't miss player, um, because there's things that happen to these kids. Right. But what, why I put him in that category is when I sat down and talked with him at North Crowley, I felt like I was talking to a business professional type of guy at 17 years old. Um, he, his maturity uh, was impressive. His football intelligence and the way he articulated it was impressive. Um, and, and he showed the ability to be one of those guys that um, the Texas defensive staff can, can let call the game. Can, can let they check in and out of uh, the right plays and coverages and really run things when he's on the field. And that's before you get to the tape. And then the tape's really impressive. Then he was impressive at the Under Armour camp in Dallas. He backed up everything that we thought on tape, seeing him in person, that he was six foot. He was 217 pounds at the time. And he shut, he, he, his change of direction was really good in testing. So I, I think he's, and he's productive on the field, as you pointed out last time we talked about 114 tackles. So he checks all the boxes. Now yeah, he's just going to do it at the next level. I, I tell you the thing that, that uh, is interesting to me is not just Burrell himself. It's the fact that Texas got enough momentum there to close the deal fairly yeah. early. Yeah. Um, and then did it against both Oklahoma and Baylor, two in-state schools that are one in-state school that they're going to be competing with in the Metroplex in particular a lot. And then uh, OU is obviously in the Metroplex as well. Um, I want to say this. By, by the way, and I wrote that on On3 today. I, I, I kind of went over some Texas-Oklahoma battles and we uh, on three national story. And we've talked about it ad nauseum here, but Rip Venables and Oklahoma staff are going hard and heavy in DFW. So to your point, Texas closing that out as quickly as they did, 
is a really strong sign for Jeff Choate, Steve Sarkeesian, and that defensive staff because the kid was on campus at Oklahoma the first weekend in March, and they did a really good job with him. But then for Texas to come back and get a back-to-back weekends, cancels Ohio State, commits Saturday, it's a hell of a job. Just to give you an idea of how big of a recruiting weekend it was for Texas, I'm counting 24 scholarship offers were out to kids that came to campus this weekend. So, um, and two of those, I want to hit on two new ones, both out-of-state kids that got offered over the weekend. Joseph Randall II, the running back out of Wichita Southeast, uh, six foot, 198 pounds. If you watch his film, I mean, he looks really, really good. Looks like he can cut on a dime. Uh, basically. And then a big fella out of Mississippi, Malachi Breland out of Laurel, Mississippi, six foot five, 330 pounds. Uh, he fits the uh, the MO of uh, Kyle Flood lighting, liking the big humans. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. Randall's a really talented kid. Um, obviously, uh, we won't compare him to running backs that came out of Wichita because that's not fair to anybody, right? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about uh, Barry Sanders and Ev- what was Evans that played at Nebraska? I mean, they were both like unbelievable talents. But uh, Randall's a really he, – he's a really talented kid, and, and I like the offer. I, 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 I believe it's going to be a two-running back class for Texas, and I think identifying – you know who they want as that top target, either Cedric Baxter or Ruben Owens, who obviously was there as well this weekend. But – Who's that second back in the class? And I think that's interesting because, look, there were other guys on campus, a Parker Jenkins, who an LSU had just offered, was scheduled to be on campus, and Texas offered Randall. So it kind of gives you a uh, little, bit of a, uh, little bit of a glimpse where they're headed in RB2 in this class. Well, I was going to say, here's the, here's the reality of it. Joseph Randall could be RB1 for 90, 90% of America. That's true. Um, he's a top 10 running back. Um, the other offer was Malachi Breland, six foot five, 330 pounds. Uh, you know, he's, his recruitment sounds like it's just getting started. Had a good, good turnout, a good showing a couple weeks back at the Under Armour camp, or excuse me, the underclassmen camp in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's one of those guys where, I, I, this is the way I explain the state of Mississippi. When I was at the Alabama-Mississippi game last year uh, to cover that for on three national seeing the size of the kids in Mississippi was just every time you go through there, Bobby, I know you've been through there many times over the years. It's just kind of like, whoa, these guys are more broad shouldered, long arms and six, five, three thirty. I mean, they are massive human beings in that state that are good athletes. And uh, this is a kid whose best football is way out in front of him. Um, and, and, and a kid that I think Texas will continue to evaluate and go see him in the spring. Yep. Um, both he and Joseph Randall uh, have been offered by Texas. Uh, I'm going to go from here. Oh, I, I do want to say this before I get going. Um, another good showing for the Longhorns this week. Um, I mentioned the 24 kids that have now been offered by Texas in the 2023 class that showed up on campus. Only two guys that we thought were going to show up did not. Uh, and that's Jaden Chapman, uh, the offensive lineman out of uh, Harker Heights. He was scheduled to be back in. His parents end up going to de- to Houston for a basketball tournament for one of his brothers. He also had, I think, prom or something. Prom weekend, yeah. Yeah, prom weekend. And then Javen Toviano, the, the uh, defensive back out of Arlington uh, Martin that Texas definitely wants back, and he says he's going to be back. He just couldn't – his ride fell through this weekend, I believe. And here's the important thing to know. Jaden Chapman was in Austin last weekend with his father. Um, he's been on campus before that with his family for a game this year. Kyle Flood was the first – 
uh, coach to offer him. Texas was the first school he was offered by. So him not being here this weekend is not a negative. It can't be seen as a negative. Look, he had prom. Brother had AAU basketball in Houston. It's AAU basketball time. His brother's a Division I, probably a low major prospect in basketball. So it's very important to keep him. Jaden Chapman's got 30 scholarship offers. A little, bro little brother's looking for one. And so it's very important time in his recruitment uh, with the live period about to begin. So it's not negative. And with Toviano, he was, in, he was at Texas January 22nd. And that got Texas right back into the game. So it's not a negative for Texas that neither one of these guys were here because the recruitment, Toviano is going to play out a while anyways. That's probably going to go through an official visit process. And Jaden Chapman's been to campus many times, and he can show up on a Tuesday for a practice if he wants to. Three running backs of note on campus this weekend, Jerry. Reuben Owens uh, out of El Campo, the state, considered the state's number one back. Cam Cook out of Stony Point. I know you went and saw him in person uh, a couple months ago. And then Randall uh, that we mentioned. Those are the three offers at the running back position. Owens hung out a lot with Jonte Cook, the wide receiver uh, from DeSoto, and Anthony Hill, uh, a linebacker out of Denton Ryan. Yeah, and they, those guys all have a big group text message chain, as these kids do nowadays, you know. That text chain with Arch Manning, Anthony Hill, uh, Jonte Cook, Ruben Owen, some other guys on it, right? I mean, that's a big way these kids get into each other's head and get to know each other and build a relationship and bond. And that's what, really what you're going for in recruiting is to get as many of those kids as you can thinking the same direction, thinking the same way about the University of Texas or the other schools they're considering. So um, that was uh, not surprising at all. Uh, Owens and Cook are very tight. Uh, they're very tight with Arch Manning. So uh, all that is positive for Texas. Um, Ruben Owens, I, you know, look, I think that recruitment, speaking with his dad, was that Thursday? Um, you know, I think the recruitment's going to play out a while. He's scheduled scheduled to be at AM for the spring game this next Saturday. Then he's going to Michigan State on the 16th. Then he's going to probably be, end up taking two official visits in June, maybe three and saving two for the season if he's not ready to make a decision at the end of the summer and if it goes into the season. Uh, but I think, look, Tashar Choice is doing a really good job with Owens. Um, and Texas has always been uh, very prominent in, in his mind, and I don't think anything's changed there. Uh, Cam Cook, just down the road at Round Rock, Stony Point, he's, his traffic's picked up a little bit of late, huh? Yeah, I think that's what happens when you start posting the track times, right? I mean, because he was injured. He missed the last part of the, his junior season. Um, and so I think people are kind of wondering, okay, well, is he built like a slot receiver? Is he How big is he? But he went to the Under Armour camp in Dallas. He was 5'10", 180 pounds. He ran 4'5", flat on a laser. So everything's starting to check out with him. And then he's got good hands. He's got versatility. So all the athletic things in his frame are starting to check out more schools. And it's not surprising uh, that he's going to be picking, that he'll pick up even more offers in May in the evaluation period, especially if he puts up some good track times here. We have district track meets in two weeks in the state of Texas. Then you have regional qualifier, then regional, then state. So, and the weather's getting warm. So these kids have an opportunity to put up some really good times and ascend their recruitment even further. Jerry, um, you know, some good running backs on campus, obviously. Two, two of the top ten in the country. Then you have another guy, Texas, offered in Camp Cook. Receivers, it was a strong group there. Six guys that had been offered by Texas, uh, including Jonte Cook that we mentioned, but also a guy that came back again from last week, and that's Jaden Greathouse out of Austin Westlake. 
And I think the great house visit, because I think this is important to note, and I wrote this in the, the Texas-Oklahoma battle story, and I mentioned this, I believe, on, on our show yesterday. It, people are like, well, of course he's going to go down to the, the Texas practice. He lives eight miles away. That may be true, but T.J. Shanahan hadn't been the one. And he's a guy that's been offered by Texas, too. Colton Vosick's visited other places. Um and he's been offered by Texas as well. So the fact that Great House was on campus two weekends in a row does tell you something when you look at it under the microscope a little bit more than just, well, he lives eight miles away. Of course, he's going to be there when a couple of his teammates have yet to come since January. So that is telling for Great House. Uh, Jonte Cook, look, he was in Austin last weekend, Texas Relays. Friday met with the staff. I mean, uh, I think we know Texas is in a really strong position there. Does that mean they're absolutely going to get him in June if he holds that commitment time frame? No, but uh, I think everybody else wishes they were in the, play, the spot that Texas was, and uh, A&M's right there competing. Um, Jaquez Petaway is the interesting one for me, Bobby, because, look, a lot of those Texas OU battles are, that we talk about are in Dallas and then Syntex. But Kale Gundy is zeroed in on Petaway. Uh, they Oklahoma really likes Shaquille's Petaway. And obviously Brennan Marion does too, and Steve Sarkeesian does as well, because Sark's spearheading that recruitment for Texas. Um, and the fact that he traveled to Austin with Jonah Wilson and a couple other guys that he knows in the area, uh, because that's big, because Petaway's a kid who, look, he, he, he's in football athletic period 1130, he runs track, and then he goes and works a job to help his family. So he's got a really busy life transportation's not the easiest thing, getting the places for him. So getting him on campus, I think Petaway and, and, and Marion are going to have a pretty strong bond in recruiting. I think there's a lot of uh, ties and similarities uh, to the way they, they grew up. And I think that uh, uh, Brennan Marion really identifies with Petaway. Um, and Oklahoma is going to give it their all. He's supposed to be on campus April 23rd in Norman for the Sooner spring game. And that's not counting out Ohio State or Georgia or Oregon or possibly LSU, but his, both of his brothers, one signed with TCU and one signed with Midwestern State this year. They both stayed close to home at the end of the day. And so Texas and Oklahoma obviously like that. Jaquez Petaway, just a young man from Langham Creek. Uh, our favorite, yours and I's favorite uh, message board, track message board poster, Brown Recluse. I mean, just he, he's unbelievably with he's the, awesome. Yeah, yes. the stuff that he comes up with. Uh, he said that Petaway this week, he, he wrote a message on the board. I haven't double checked the veracity, but I trust him. Uh, 10 4 range in the 100 meter, 22 5 long jump. And, and uh, that's before he showed up at Texas, after right. he had his job over yeah. in the week. And and all of, I mean he he are those right. are those not the guys that check a lot of boxes for what the Texas program needs? I mean yeah. it really is. I mean lunch, it, it, it's extremely talented, but lunch pail type guy. That's right. That's you, right. You know what I mean? And look, and I've been to his athletic period workout twice in the last two months now, um, and he's not one of those kids that's in there uh, scaling back on reps or not taking the weight room seriously. Look, he's going to be a late developer physically. Um, even though he's maybe six months older in the grade, he's just, a, you can just tell we've been doing this a long time. He's going to be a late developer physically. And he burns so many calories, but that guy works in the weight room. He takes it serious. And when I interviewed him, when I was there last week, I believe it was Tuesday. I was there. It's, it's hard to remember at all, but um, he talked about how important the weight room and the strength and conditioning is going to be in his decision-making process because he knows that is going to be big for his 
maturity as a player and him maximizing his talent. He gets it. Let me ask a question. Uh, Devin DuVernay, a, a good comparison for him, you think? Devin was built like a running back, but mentally, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's, that's what I meant. Not necessarily physically, but the speed. Right. Because he has the oh, top yeah. end speed, and Devin had the top end speed. Um, yeah. Jonah Wilson uh, and Kyle Parker also in. You mentioned Wilson and Petaway. Uh, Wilson's the one that was uh, a bigger receiver type uh, out of spring to Caney. Uh, he may be an outside receiver, right, for the Longhorns? I, I think so, yeah. I think he's an outside receiver. And, look, I, I text it back and forth as a source close to him uh, and actually close to Petway. And, and I don't think a decision is imminent with either one of those guys. And I think those are – um, you know, obviously, you guys, you recruit through the whistle on those guys, both of those guys. Now, the interesting thing, will, will it ever become a numbers game where some of these offers are no longer committable, Bobby? I mean, if a if Great House pulled the trigger soon, how does that affect Jonah Wilson? Right. I mean, uh, I think Petaway is different because he's more of a punt return guy, slot, play him inside, play him outside. I think he's got some uh, different skill set. But, you know, when you start lining up some of these big receivers, well, if somebody, if Jaden Greyhouse jumps in early, where does that leave the other guys? That's to be determined. We talk about the 24 offers. It's not a lock that all those offers are committable now or will be three months from now, right? Yeah, and I want to, I want to Mitch, I want to ask you something on that, but I want to mention one last wide receiver because he's actually the highest rated wide receiver nationally that came in this weekend. And that's Jalen Brown out of Miami's Gulliver Prep. Six foot one, 180 pounds. He came in with his entire family. Yeah, look, I mean, Jalen Brown's so fast, he might be able to beat the plane from Miami to Austin, okay? <laughs> this guy's, he's a legit athlete. I mean, he is a legit athlete, a guy that's, you know, he may run 20.9 this spring. Yeah, because look, the weather's, it's, it's there in Florida and it's getting close to uh, regional track meet time uh, there and state track meet time as well. And look, everybody knows recruiting him it's going to be a difficult recruitment, but he's the player you recruit through the whistle. He's the Kelvin Banks level guy. Uh, you know, you just go down those list of guys from the last class. He is one of those players. It doesn't matter if you have three wide receivers committed, you're recruiting him through the whistle. And if he wants to jump in, well, we just got to make it happen. That's got the it. level of talent he is. And let, let's be real. It's a huge recruitment for Mario Cristobal in Miami. Got it. And that's important to note, right? I mean, so everybody's going to be battling, uh, and you're battling all the blue bloods on him. But it's a great sign that he was in Austin with his family. And if that likelihood that he makes an official visit, then Texas is going to be right there at the end of the day. Only other player in that had an that got an offer actually is, was on the offensive line for the offensive side of the ball, and that's Malachi uh, Breland, uh, the young man out of Laurel, Mississippi. Before we go to the defense. Um, Jerry, um, there's some rumors out there that there may be some commitments. Okay. Um, I want to, you and I know how this works, but I want you to take some time and, and talk to, to people and explain to them uh, uh, exactly what you feel on this kind of situation and, and where it's at right now. Look, I, I, in the last class, there were multiple kids that had privately committed to Texas and only one of those kids ended up signing with Texas. So I think that's where you start with this, right? A lot of kids are saying, okay, I, I want to I go to Texas, but I'm not going to make it public yet. Well, we know the odds of those kids are 50-50 shot at best that they actually end up committing to Texas, right, or publicly. 
Um, so I don't put a lot of stock in the silent commitments at this point. I think the recruiting process is way too chaotic now and too fast moving and uh, so much can change. But I do think Texas has more momentum. We talked about it in the last time we did this, Bobby. They have more momentum than the public commitments are showing. And, and I think there's some priority guys that have probably told the staff, look, I'm planning to come here. I'm still going to go through the recruiting process, and I want to take these visits, take a couple of officials before I do something. I think a lot of your top kids are going to be committing late in the summer before their senior season. And yep. could a couple of those kids told Texas yes already. But the staff knows if you're still making visits, what does it really count for? Yeah. And I, and I also think there's a couple other aspects here to think about, right? Some, some guys may want to jump on board and their offers aren't committable. That's right? 100% true. Yeah. That, that's number one. And number two is, um, you know, there are guys that are legitimately close to dominoing basically, right? They are, I mean, we know it and you know, we, we all know it and we've, we've talked about them in here, but until a, a player goes public, there's, there's a reason they have it. And that, and it may be, they may be making a video, which is at that point, it's not a 50% chance. It's a hundred percent chance or 95% chance. Right. Or they may be just waiting to get one more visitor, get their mom back on campus with them or their dad. There are mitigating circumstances around all of that, but until it happens, That's right. uh, it's, it's, it's better to, to, to be safe and, than sorry, so to speak. And, and let's say this. We talked about Anthony Black in basketball last week. We mentioned the Arkansas, the one that the five-star guard from Duncanville commits to Arkansas. He shot a video before he headed to the Chicago to McDonald's game with two endings, Gonzaga and Arkansas. And he boarded the plane going to Chicago, headed to Gonzaga to play for Mark Few. He announced with an Arkansas Gatorade bottle. That's how much it's worth, and that's how much it, how quickly it changes. And that's totally fair. I mean, that's, one of, that's part of the fun. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. That's part of the fun of, of following recruiting. It's the, uh, you know, it's the back and the forth and the sway, right, that happens. Oh, how much fun would you have if you said, if you heard a prospect, a top prospect, in the Dallas area, shot a video with three innings, one for Texas, one for OU, and one for AM. Just think <laughs> about the fan bases. That, that is what makes this fun. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go on to defense real quick. Bo Davis had a big weekend. The Texas defensive line coach uh, brought in a lot of guys. Uh, let's start with Dylan Spencer, uh, the uh, defensive lineman out of Houston CE King, someone that uh, uh, Bo Davis got a commitment out of. Uh, then he also had in Michael Gardner. I know you caught up with him on Sunday, uh, the defensive lineman out of um, uh, Phoenix area. Uh, Zalance Hurd out of uh, Monroe Neville was in, as well as Samu Pepe. I think <laughs> I said that name right, and Jaron Woods, all interior linemen slash uh, three to five, anywhere from a nose to a five technique possibly for any of those guys. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on those guys and what you learned uh, this week or this weekend? My first thought on Samu is the picture of him. I've never seen, I'm not sure if football players ever made a Corvette look small before. <laughs> it made it look like a Kia Sportage. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the picture's pretty funny, right? Yeah. Um, let's start with Hurd because he's the most highly ranked. And, and I think his recruitment is a through the whistle in the through the whistle category. So Hurd making it to Austin uh, with a family member was key. LSU just offered earlier in the week, Brad Davis, they offered him as an offensive lineman. Bo Davis was either the first or second to offer the same day, Texas and Ole Miss, but has been consistent in his recruiting approach. 
Uh, they got him on campus in June. Then they get him back now. That's two visits from Monroe Neville for uh, Zalance Heard to Texas. And why that's key is for Texas to have any chance, because Alabama will offer this guy. He is a five-star prospect. He's our first four-star prospect on, on the on 300. They are going to offer the guy. Everybody's eventually going to offer him, but it's really LSU and Alabama. And the relationship Bo has with Hurd and with a, a family member or two are going to be so key in keeping Texas in this when it gets real. And this recruitment hasn't got real yet, but this is a player you recruit through the whistle. So let's get him, let's get that out of there. Um, Mikel Gardner talked to him, Mikeel Gardner. He had a great uh, visit. And, and all, all, how many times do you hear about a kid not having a great visit? But his tone was a little different. He went to Austin, which I thought was interesting. He got in Friday with his mother. And his Friday visit was a just him walking around campus. He wanted to get his own vibe without being pushed in a to a, in a certain direction. So Friday was his campus visit for himself, and he said he interacted and talked to as many people as he could just to get a vibe for University of Texas and Austin, the area around the campus, and just the campus life. And he had great things to say. He said, everybody he talked to loved uh, attending University of Texas, loved being a student in the Austin area. So I think that checked a really big box for him. Um, you know, so that started the visit really well. Then he got one-on-one -on -one time with Steve Sarkeesian and Steve Sarkeesian let him know that he's a priority and that they want him. And I, I think that's important too. Um, and then, but he said his highlight of the visit was sitting down with Bo Davis and Bo Davis, just the way he interacted with his players, impressed on in, in the film room, on the practice field, uh, the way he communicated, the way Bo communicated that day in practice impressed him. Uh, but what Bo Davis said to him, I think it, it is gonna is gonna leave a very positive feeling from Mikel Gordon. He said, he said, Coach Davis, the reason he likes me is my maturity. And when you talk to Gardner, that comes out. Um, it, you know, he's a kid who's pretty thoughtful kid. And uh, I, so I think Texas did a great job in their communication with him, the entire staff. I think he had a really good visit uh, walking around the campus in the city uh, with his with his mother. So I think everything went really well there. He's a summertime decision, right? He said Texas is in his top three. He's not giving away who his top three are. I believe it's Oregon and Arizona right now. He's going to visit Cal officially May 12th. And then Wisconsin the first weekend in June. USC was thought to be the team to beat. But I was also told today that the USC, even though they didn't offer on the unofficial visit, I don't think the mom got the great vibe there that she was looking for. So I'm not sure USC is actually a player in this recruitment. Something to remember, could it change? Sure. But as of right now, I think the people in pursuit of Gardner just dodged, dodged a pretty big bullet there. Dylan Spencer. Dylan Spencer, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, Bo Davis identified early on um, at Sea King. And obviously Davis has ties to North Shore in that area, had been a high school coach and recruited that area forever. Um, he's a kid that I, I think Bo just really felt felt a strong connection with talking to somebody around the CE King program. And they identified with him. And look, the recruiting of the mother is just as important as the recruiting of the kid uh, in this recruitment. And 
uh, because Dylan Spencer, he did commit without telling his mom. <laughs> she, it went public and social media and she was at work and look, it's happened before. It'll happen again, but that's not ideally how you want the commitment to go down. So then you have to kind of backtrack and do some work to sur- secure that, that, that verbal. Uh, but I think everything's moving in the positive direction there. And, and look, I think Bo Davis is, he's targeted that guy early and he's maintained a really good connection with, with, uh, with Spencer. Um, Samu, Tom and Pepe. Yeah. So Samu is interesting. He is a kid who plans to play out the recruiting process a little bit as of today. And that's where you talk about all these offers. Are they committable? If they're committable now, will they be committable in four months? Because look, he visited Oregon, he's visited Houston, but he wants to play this process out a while. Well, and I'm not, he's a really good football player, but not all players are seen the same on a coaching staff. So you can plow out that process into your senior year, but that doesn't mean you're going to have all the same spots open that, that you do right now. And that'll be something to, interesting to follow with his recruitment. Does that change? Does he change his decision timeline? Right now it's looking like late summer, early season. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, we mentioned Jaron Woods, young man out of LaGrange. He was in. He's a two-way lineman. I want to skip over to the edge players now uh, real quick. Um, Desmond Umiozulu. Uh, from uh, Maryland was in, uh, Billy Walton from South Oak Cliff came in, Braylon Shelby from Friendswood uh, was in as well. Um, those, I think, are the three uh, edge prospects that Texas has offered that were also in in uh, Austin this weekend. And, and I think it's important to note a couple of the guys that they wanted to get in already had visits scheduled at our places, Colton Vosick being one of those. I think the evaluation process of that position is ongoing. I think obviously you may Zulu being a national kid. I think you probably recruit him through the whistle as long as you like the interaction you had with him over the weekend. Uh, but he's a guy who's look, he's got all the offers uh, around the country and that one's going to be a real battle and you want those battles. That's how you sign top five classes. Um, but I think, you know, Shelby's an interesting one. He's been to Texas multiple times. Uh, Texas really like, likes him. I think they, um, the continued, you know, maturation on the field, the consistency, he's a, unbelievable looking he's the best kid on the hoof friendswood high school's ever produced on a football field. <laughs> and i can say that it's having not hey, it's not it's not jackson appel it's not jackson appel <laughs> who coaches at site clear falls by the way i believe but yeah i mean shelby is all of six four and a half 225 with long arms and high calves and he just looks so athletic um, when he walks out on the football field, I think he matured. He got to be a more physical player from sophomore to junior season. Now I think that consistency that, that needs to come with that as the next step. Um, and by the way, his sister is an unbelievable eighth grade basketball player, average over 30 a game, grabs the rim. They say she's the best athlete of all of them in eighth grade. She's about six feet tall now. So that's in a very athletic family. Gotcha. Um, I mentioned Billy Walton, state champion with South Oak Cliff. He's also in. He says he's making a summertime, or actually he wants to make a decision prior to spring, his own spring ball starting. A Longhorn's in there along with several others, including SMU as a possibility. Uh, skipping forward to the linebackers, Jerry, we mentioned Burrell. Why don't you talk a little bit about Anthony Hill, uh, Anthony the Hill. young man that was, yeah. was uh, that we talked about at the outset that is really good friends with the, both Jonte Cook uh, and Reuben Owens as well. And recruit through the whistle prospect, Denton Ryan. Look, he was a high school teammate with Jatavion Sanders um, in, in Austin. Uh, the safe, Austin Jordan, the safety at signed with Texas. There's a lot of Texas ties. 
uh, in the Denton Ryan program. Obviously, uh, De La Torre, who played at Texas, is on the staff there. And there's some uh, several other ties in that Denton Ryan uh, program to the University of Texas. Well, it, I, I was told uh, it's been very consistent, the message I've gotten from somebody close to the recruitment. Texas, Texas A&M, likely where the decision comes from at the end of the day. Oklahoma's very much in it. And I was told two weeks ago, watch out for Miami making a serious run here to get into that top group because the father is from South Florida. There's family in South Florida. And now that Mario Cristobal knows that, he's all he's going all in on Anthony Hill. And it's interesting because the first time I ever talked to Anthony Hill, must have been in the summer after his freshman season, he mentioned the state of Florida at that time because he had family there. He mentioned the University of Florida at the time as a school he liked. So it's interesting now that you think back on that conversation, here's Miami coming in the picture because the dad is from uh, South Florida and the Sunshine State, and Mario Cristobal is going to recruit all the best players in the country. With that being said, I, I still trust the person. They've been spot on on this recruitment. Texas, Texas A&M, likely the decision at the end of the day with Oklahoma possible right there. And that's a huge, by the way, that Anthony Hill just became a bigger recruitment, more impactful and important recruitment for Oklahoma with Burrell going to Texas. You don't want to strike out on both the top linebackers in the state. Yeah, yeah. I look. I think that that's going to be one of those that we're we're not going to. I mean, it's going to play out for a while. He, he's a three to six, six month down the road guy. That is, there's going to be some ebbs and flows in his recruitment, most likely. Um, in the secondary, Jerry, uh, they they brought in two uh, guys from Louisiana had offers. Uh, first of all, Jordan Matthews, a young man out of Baton Rouge, uh, the cornerback, and then Derek Williams, um, who is I think the number four or five safety in the country out of New Iberia, Westgate High School. Uh, both of those guys were in. Jordan, or Jonathan Hall, excuse me, the safety out of Katy that is a spin-down candidate at linebacker for Texas. And then Tyler yep. Turner out of San Antonio Brennan High School, uh, a safety return guy uh, that originally was committed to Baylor. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously Matthews is a kid who's a lean to Texas. I think that's Everybody knows that at this point out of Baton Rouge Woodlawn, um, it, you know, he's a LSU legacy. LSU, the new staff has not re-offered him, which is a, a, of note in the recruitment. Um, but he's a guy that's trending towards Texas. Sam Spiegelman, well, our on three uh, regional expert that lives in the New Orleans area has mentioned that actually put in an RPM for Texas. Uh, that's pretty strong. He put in the RPM for Texas over Texas A&M there. And I don't think Texas did anything but helped themselves this weekend with Matthews. I think, you know, Williams is a wild card for me. You know, when I went through Louisiana, everybody said that's going to be an Alabama LSU deal if both of them are all in on it. So we'll see where that goes. A&M was also trying to make a run there along with Texas. It's the same few schools that are making a run on these kids in South Florida, right? I mean, South Louisiana. I mean, it's, it's the same four schools you're hearing. Texas has all those connections we've talked about in the Pelican State, and they're using them all so they know – all the angles and all these recruitments they know who the champion is they know who the most important people are in these recruitments that's why they stayed in there on jacoby matthews for so long um so texas is going to be right there on those kids they're going to give themselves a fighting chance uh and then we'll have to see you know does Derek williams get the red carpet rolled out by nick saban that's what we have to wait in here there's some other guys in in new orleans that are by, by, by the way by the way there's a 2024 um, defensive tackle, Demirion Johnson at Westgate that I, I was told by somebody that uh, is close with that coaching staff, loves this kid. So 
Demarion Johnson, 2024. He's in the on 300 for the class of 2024. He's a guy that Texas really, really likes, and he's expected on campus this summer. Oh, interesting. All right. Um, I, I want to say this real quick. There, You mentioned all those uh, contacts in, New, in Louisiana. Don't forget about Arch Manning. He was at uh, Alabama yeah. this weekend. Yes. Uh, Darian Gallette was also at Alabama, the, the Marlin Rush, uh, Rush Edge prospect. Uh, and, we need, was, and we need to mention Gillette because he was on campus Thursday. Yeah, uh, he was in Texas. I was good. That's what I was going to say. He was in Austin on Thursday before he went to, I think, both Alabama and LSU over the weekend. Yeah, and no doubt. And look, he is pound for pound one of the best athletes in, in this class, if not the country. Anybody that's, that doesn't believe that, go watch the basketball videos. Go look what he's doing on the track. I mean, he's long jumping 22 feet. At 6'3", 228, you mentioned earlier, Jaquais Petaway just went 22-5 at 6'170". This guy's 6'3", 230 going 22 feet, which is exceptional and just big-time stuff. And his recruitment, look, when I was by Marlin, and we're talking about Darren Gillette, who was on campus Thursday, and he had a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with the entire staff. Um, one person clo very close to that recruitment said Texas. One person said Texas A&M. Then Alabama offered like three days after I was there and I received a text. Well, now it's one of the three. I think that's where the recruitment's headed. Oh, he visited Oklahoma. They made a run. Um, they're making a run. But again, this one's going to be Texas versus A&M or Bama is where it's likely headed as of today. What about Jonathan Hall and, Ty and Tyler Turner? Anything on those two? Jonathan Hall's an interesting prospect. He's along the same lines of Javen Anderson, who was in the weekend before from North Shore, right? They're the 6'1". 205-pound safeties that likely spin down long-term, and I think both are being recruited in that manner and kind of get understand that. Um, so I think they're very similar prospects in that regard. They're guys that are going to be thicker-frame guys right now. They're going to carry 220-plus pounds, um, and, you know, so it comes down. But I, I Javen Anderson, I, I think they're both really good players. I think Javen Anderson may be a little ahead right now, but that can all change. I got you. Uh, at Turner – uh, is uh, at Brennan High School. Uh, I, I watched his, I, I just happened to watch his film earlier today. Uh, he is a terrific return guy, Jerry. I didn't know, I didn't know that before I started watching the film on him. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you one way to, to identify the really good players in San Antonio is how early Jeff Trailer and UTSA offer. I mean, gotcha. that, and they offered him very early, which tells you a lot about how, how good of a player he is and was at a young age. Yeah, it, it can be a tell. Uh, Jerry, anything you uh, – this has been a long episode, and I, I appreciate people sticking with us and trying to, to get take it all in. I, I'm sure uh, it, it's hard to keep it all corralled in my brain, much less uh, put it on tape for everybody. Uh, well, by the way, things have changed since we started this 30 minutes ago. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah, probably so. That's the way recruiting goes. Uh, but I want to get this out there for people that are that, – uh, so they can get a full, full dose of the weekend. Um, anything you want to add – uh, either as you go out of the weekend or as you, as you head into this week about what's going on and where you think Texas is at with a lot of these kids? I think one, two successful weekends in a row, as, as you would expect. But still, the word we're getting coming out of Justin Wells, Eric Nolene, myself, uh, you, the word we're getting out of these weekends is, is pretty positive. And, and, and they normally are, but look, we've done this long enough to know that there's some good positive trends working right now uh, for Texas in recruiting. And that is the one key takeaway. And then two, 
I really do believe getting Burrell to commit. I mean, you, while all these kids text and they know they, well, we like this school, I like this school, blah, blah, blah. And the coaches have a feel for some of this. You still want a couple of these guys to jump out there and, and put their stamp on it, right? And create that public momentum. Um, because I do believe this. Burrell going Texas over OU, canceling Ohio State that quickly is a pretty, pretty positive sign for some other guys because the players, look, the way you build the momentum in these recruiting classes, which Matt Brown was so great at, is all these kids, you know, you want to play with great players. And, and you need a couple of those guys committed to start building that perception in the public. And I think that's a huge recruitment. And I, I would suspect that Texas will get a couple more guys here before the spring evaluation period begins. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's probably going to be a couple more commitments come in. Not sure how many. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'll see if, if some of those guys even have committable offers, I'm sure. Uh, we'll see a, a number of different things, whether or not they're actually ready to be public about it, uh, which is, I think is always important um, from, uh, from the aspect of it. It really puts the young man out there it's it's one of those things where he can't just easily walk away from it and and never uh, have to go back on his word there so uh we'll we'll see how it goes i think that texas in the last two weeks has done a, a tremendous job uh i like where things are headed you couldn't really ask for better attendance mm -hmm. i know you and i say this a lot but getting kids to campus these days is not an easy thing they got 95 other things they could be right. doing 95 other schools they could be visiting uh, and so to have two dozen kids in that you've offered a scholarship to on a single weekend, that's a good job by their support staff, uh, yeah. by, by the uh, assistant coaches to work the phones. It's just a good job. And I like the strategy too, by the way, is offensive and defensive weekends that receivers came back this weekend. Sure. But still last week in the I thought the strategy was tremendous to have Kelvin Banks, Cam Williams, Connor Roberts, and all those big future walls that could be around Arch Manning for those guys to shake hands and have conversations, right? And then all the top guys in 2023 that have been offered, five of those guys all on campus. Oh, TJ Shanahan was the only one of that top six group that wasn't on campus. All the other five guys were on campus. I thought that was great strategy. And then I think this week, getting all those defensive linemen in together so they can all size each other up. Maybe that creates a little push for one or two guys if you want to get somebody in the boat. So they're not all scattered out all over the place. I thought it was a really good strategy. Yeah, Andre Kojo, uh, the one that I think is really potentially on the cusp of, of, of making a move for Texas. Ian Reed uh, was there last week as well. Of course, you're looking at a guy that just got an Alabama offer uh, a week ago. I mean, they, they must have I, seen the rugby video. <laughs> I, I think they may have seen the rugby video, and I think they may, may they may think a little something of what Kyle Flood has to think about offensive linemen as well. well and, and then we talked about there's a lot of gamesmanship in recruiting, right? I mean, is it any coincidence that he was offered the day, two days before Arch Manning shows up in, in, in Alabama this weekend? There's a lot of games in recruiting. These guys are pretty sharp. Uh, one last note, Devon Campbell was on campus this weekend as well. Uh, he's going to get ready. At, you know, he's going to compete for, for, a, for a spot here in a couple of months uh, when the Horns uh, get going uh, in summer workouts. Uh, but uh, Longhorns uh, recruiting hard right now. Uh, I think they're recruiting smart, to your point, Jerry. Uh, and they've had some success. Samaj Burrell is a big one for them, and they had two dozen kids in on campus. Uh, for uh, one last thing, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. That's where Jerry and I are every day. 
Uh, we have a special for first time members. It's just introductory because you've never uh, been on a site before with us. It's $1 for four months. Uh, we invite you to come on in, join us on the message boards, read all the content that you want. Uh, we really appreciate it. All right. For Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football.